Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. I want you to look with me in Ezekiel chapter 30, verse 21. Son of man, I have broken the arm. I want you to notice the strange wording. I have broken the arm of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. See, it has been bandaged for... It has not been bandaged for healing, nor a splint put on it to bind it, to make it strong enough, catch this, to hold a sword. Therefore, thus says the Lord, Surely I am against Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and I will break his arms, both the strong one and the one that was broken. Whatever Pharaoh did, it really ticked God off. And God said, I'm going to break his good arm, and then when I... Get through with that, I'm going to break his other arm just for the fun of it. Watch. And I will make the sword fall out of his hand. And it even gets better. Verse 24, I will strengthen the arms of the king of Babylon. This was the one God wanted to win. There was the king of Babylon, the king of Egypt, or Pharaoh, in a battle. And because God had a plan that the king of Babylon would bless his people, Israel. He wanted him to defeat Pharaoh. So he said, I'm going to strengthen your arms. I'm going to put my sword and, and put my sword in your hand and I will break Pharaoh's arms and he will groan before him with groanings of being mortally wounded. Says it again in verse 25, I will strengthen the arms of the king of Babylon. But the arms of Pharaoh shall fall down. They shall know that I am the Lord when I put my sword into the hand of the king of Babylon. You may wonder, what in the world has that got to do with me? I'm going to tell you what it has to do with you while I preach today. I want to to preach today on a simple little subject. I'm not here to preach a fancy sermon. I'm here to give an impartation of a truth that's going to get in your spirit and something's going to change in your life. The name of this message is, It's Broken. I want you to open your mouth and I want you to say those words. It's broken. It's amazing that when a baby is born, a baby has 300 bones in its body. But by the time that baby reaches adulthood, it only has 206 bones. Almost a hundred of the bones that a baby is born with fuse together and become one bone or several of those bones become one bone. God in His genius knew that the baby couldn't make it through the birthing canal if certain bones were strong. And so He in His genius starts you out with 300 bones, but you end up with 206 so the baby can be born through the birth canal. It's an amazing thing that bones are a work of God's engineering. You have 64 bones in your upper body. These 64 bones in your upper body give your shoulders and your body the ability to hold things, to move things, to pick up things. You have 10 bones in your shoulders and your arms. You have 8 bones in your wrists. You have 27 bones in your hand. The hand is an amazing piece of work. It can be gentle. A hand can write a beautiful love note. A hand can play music. A hand can paint a beautiful portrait. And yet that same hand can turn around and punch you 
That same hand can take a jackhammer and destroy concrete or an axe and chop down a tree. We talk with our hands. If you want a long-winded preacher to stop preaching, just tie his hands up. Because most of us who communicate cannot communicate, I'm doing it now, without moving our hands. The Bible, interestingly, has a lot to say about God's arm, God's hand, and even God's finger. The Bible said in Isaiah 52 and verse 10 that the Lord may bear His arm against the nations that came against Israel. The Bible said in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 6, Humble yourself before the mighty hand of God, and in due season He will exalt you. The Bible said in Luke chapter 11 and verse 20, that if I, Jesus said, by the finger of God cast Satan out. He was casting the demon out of someone and he did it with his finger. And he said, if I do that by the finger of God. The God that we serve is so powerful and so prevailing that he can defend you with his arm. He can exalt you with his hand. And he can defeat the demons and all the hordes of hell with his finger. We do not serve a pitiful, weak God. We do not serve a defeated God. God has more power in his finger than Satan has in his whole kingdom. That's why I can boldly declare over you in 2019 that no weapon formed against you will prosper. If man tries to put you down, God's hand will exalt you. If the enemy comes at you one way, God will show his arm and he'll flee seven ways. If the enemy and demons come against your mind, your body, or your soul, God has a finger to send him right. God will give him the finger and send him to hell. There is an amazing biblical principle in Ezekiel chapter 30 that I want to reverse for just a moment because it shows us the strategy of the enemy to stop and defeat us. God said, I'm going to break Pharaoh's arms, and when I do catch this, he'll drop his weapon. The sword will fall. That tells me that Satan tries to do the same thing to our lives. Because the sword is the word of God. Ephesians 6, 17, take the sword, which is the, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. The promises that God gives you. The promises of healing. The promises of freedom. The promises of peace. The promises of hope and a future. The promises of blessing. God gives us promises and the enemy wants to break our arm because here's the principle. If he can break your arm, you'll drop your sword. Nobody with a broken arm can hold on to the sword. The word is our sword. And the enemy wants to break the church's or the believer's arm. That's why he comes with carnality and sin and compromise and pride and unforgiveness. It's just an attempt to break the arm of the believer. Because if he can break your arm through unbelief or through anything that he can use, some, something in your life, then you will let go of the promise and the greatest way we defeat the power of Satan is not with our more willpower. It's not with more trying to get to some state of, of just wanting it. But it's when you grab hold of the promise and you hold on to it. It's an amazing story in 2 Samuel 23 of one of David's mighty men. And the Bible said after he fought 
and defended a field and slew 800 men with the sword that they had to pry his fingers off of the sword. He couldn't let it go. He had a grip, such a grip on the sword that they had to pry his fingers off. That's a beautiful picture of how we have to be. And I just want to tell you that if you'll get a hold of this book, this book will get a hold of you. I don't care how weak you are. I don't care how defeated you are. I don't care how addicted you are. I don't care how broken you are. If you will get a grip on this word and say, I believe this more than I believe what I see, what I feel. I believe this. I believe this book. I've got news for you. If you'll get a hold of it, it'll get a hold of you. And every time you worship, you're letting the enemy know you've not broken my arm because I'm still holding on to the promise. Every time you raise your hands and you lift your voice, every time you come in and you declare through your praise, I still believe the enemy tried to break my arm and get me to drop the promise. But in 2019, I'm still clinging to the promise of God's word. I tell you on the authority of God's word, it will come to pass. How many of you believe that there's victory in the word today? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Now, 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 let's go back to the story. God said, I have broken the arm of Pharaoh. There were 26 dynasties in Egypt, 26 different Pharaohs. This one's name was a Prius. His name means possessor of a strong arm. And one of the commentaries I read said that this Pharaoh was known as a strong-armed man, meaning he had muscles. So when they saw him, the first thing they thought is, that's the strong-armed Pharaoh. It's like some of you, he went to the gym. I can't, I can't illustrate that point. But, 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 but he had big arms and big muscles. But God is able to break the arms of the enemy, even that claims to have strong arms. I don't care how long it's held you. I don't care how long the enemy has said that you can't get free. And I love the fact that God said, not only have I broken his arm, but I'm going to turn around, I'm going to break the other arm in case he's ambidextrous. And sometimes you get victory in one area and then there's a weakness over here. I told them in the first service, we used to, back in the old Pentecostal church that I came up with in when I was a kid, they used to let people do something called, they used to have testimony services. We don't do that anymore. The reason is because people would get up and tell everything. And sometimes they would get up and they would say, I want to thank the Lord that he set me free and I quit, I quit, I quit drinking and doing drugs. But I tell you, on the other hand, I'm really struggling with fornication right now. And, and then they'd get up and they'd say, you know, I, 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 I quit, I quit doing, I quit cheating on my wife, but I started drinking and I'm drinking more and I'm drinking a fifth a day. In other words, you get victory in one area and the devil tries to get you come around another way. But I love the fact that God said, when I deal with this enemy, I'm going to break his good arm, his strong arm, and then I'm going to break the other arm. I'm going to break the other arm. And what I felt to tell you today, that as this church is fasting and praying, and as I'm preaching, that arm of intimidation is going to be broken. The arm of fear, tormenting fear, is going to be broken. The arm of addiction and depression is being broken even as I preach. The arm of, of, of low self-esteem is being broken as I preach. 
God said, I'm going to break it. And when the arm is broken, notice what he's using against you will fall. The sword that he has used to torment you and your children and your family and your loved ones and people you care about, it may be even generational curses, it's broken. And when I break it, the weapon is going to fall from his hand. The sword that held you, the sword that addicted you, the sword that broke you, the sword that hurt you will never be an issue again. He may use something else against you, but I have the power to break this thing. And when I break it, you're not going to be a slave to it anymore. Luke 11 in verse 2 said, when a strong man is in control of a house, he stays in control until a stronger one shows up. And you may have came here bad, you may have come in here today battling a strong armed something in your life, but I've come to announce that a stronger one named Jesus Christ is here right now. And you're not going to leave here with that thing controlling you. The Bible said that when they captured, when the Philistines captured the Ark of the Covenant, they took it to the temple of Dagon, their God. He was a statue. And The Bible said that the statue was in the temple and they put the Ark of the Covenant, the God box, at a lower place. And they left the two in the same temple. They closed the doors and it was dark and they came back the next morning and when they came back, the statue had fallen over mysteriously on its face and had broken its arms off. That's what your Bible says. When Jesus comes into the same temple where the devil is, he may be sitting on the throne thinking he's in control. But God's just in that box and God's saying, no other God shall be, I shall have no other gods before me. And suddenly Dagon falls over. And the first thing that breaks off of him was his hands. Can't hold you anymore. Doesn't have a grip on you anymore. They come in and they heave their statue God back up. Isn't that a pitiful God? I don't need a God I have to pick up. I need a God that can pick me up. I don't need a God that I have to lift. I need a God that can lift me. They put him back up, put his nose back on, try to glue his arms back on, leave him for 24 hours, come back in. And the Bible said the statue fell over again. This time his head and his arms are broke off. That's what Jesus does when he comes into your temple. You may not be free of everything, but the moment Jesus enters, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. The moment he enters, he topples over the power and says, I'm on the throne now. And suddenly the things that held you can't hold you anymore. And then he breaks his head off and he says, you're going to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You're not even going to be the same person. You're not going to think the way. You're not a loser. You're a winner. You're victorious. You're not defeated. You're not a slave to sin. You are free in Jesus name. And when he frees you, you're free indeed. Take a praise break and act like you believe it's broken. It's broken. It's broken. Shout it's broken. I'm not playing games up here this morning. 
Secret sins are going to be broken. Alcoholism is going to be broken. Drug addiction is going to be broken. Sexual immorality is going to be broken. Thoughts of suicide and wanting to take your life are going to be broken. This is not God's will for you. You came to the wrong service. I'm here to declare liberty. You're going to leave here with a firm grip on the sword. And nothing the enemy does to you can make you let go of the promise of God. Say it's broken in Jesus' name. Psalms 124 and verse 7 said, The snare is broken and we are escaped, listen to this, from satanic traps. I'm telling you that you're not going to keep falling in the same place because the snare is broken. The snare is broken. The curse is broken. Think about a broke arm. I've had two. I broke this arm twice when I was a kid. And the thing about a broke arm is you can't necessarily tell outwardly that the bone is broken inwardly because you can't see inside. When he said, I'm going to break his arms, it may look like that you're dealing with the same thing. God's saying, I'm going in the invisible world. I'm going into the unseen world. And I'm going to break the power of that habit. I'm going to break the power of that stronghold. I'm going to break the power of that soul connection, that soul tie that you have with somebody that you slept with or something that you got into and you just can't see. He said, I'm going into the unseen world. The only reason your flesh does some things is because there's a bone in there that is empowering it to do it. But he said, I'm going in the unseen place that nobody, Some of you are dealing with generational things. You don't even know why you have a weakness in the area of alcohol or some other thing. And it goes back for generations. But God says, I'm going into the unseen place and I'm going to break the arm. And even though the... And and here's when you know that it's broken. Mm, Thank you, Lord. Here's when you know when it's broken. It may look like this is just another service. But if God goes into the unseen and breaks the arms of that thing, you know when you're going to find out that it's broken? When you go and try to pick it back up, it just, it, it just won't work. I, I just can't do it. That's what happened to me when I got saved. I was doing all kinds of things, but after I got saved, I tried to pick them up. But I just, I, told, I tell people, my friends would get high and see, uh, you know, pink elephants. I'd get high and see Elijah and see Moses and see the four horses of the apocalypse. Come on. You know what I'm talking about? It's broken. It's not, I can't, I don't want it anymore. It's broken. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's broken. It's coming off of you. It's broken. I'm not talking about more willpower. I'm talking about a spiritual work being done in your life that sets you free. When God broke Jacob's hip in a wrestling match, it changed his walk. Let him break that habit this morning. Let him break that connection this morning. Let him break that soul tie. Let him break that demonic friendship. Let him break it. And he said, you'll know that I'm Lord. Now listen to this. When I take the same sword that was in the enemy's hand and I put it in your hand. He said, I'm going to do two things. I'm going to break his arms. But then did you catch it in verse 24? But I'm going to strengthen your arms. While I'm breaking the enemy's arms, I'm going to strengthen your arms. 
And then I'm going to take the very thing that he thought he would destroy you with. I'm going to take his weapon, his sword, and I'm going to put it in your hand. And the thing that almost took you out is actually going to be weaponized to help other people. And I'm going to break his arms, but I'm going to strengthen your arms. I'm going to take his weapon and instead of it controlling you, you're going to control it. And I'm telling you that when I break his arm, when I break it and I put his sword in your hand, it was chasing you, but now you're chasing it. It was defeating you, but now you're defeating it. You were on the defense, but I'm going to so anoint you and so strengthen you in the very area of your weakest place that you won't be on the defense, you'll be on the offense. And I close with this point. When Jesus hung on the cross... Bleeding and dying between two thieves. The Bible said that the centurion came and as it was the custom to speed up death, he started breaking the knees of the two men on both sides of Jesus. They went to the thief on the right and they broke his knees. They went to the thief on the left that was on a cross and they broke his knees. But there was a prophecy in the book of Psalms about Jesus. And it said, not one of his bones shall be broken. And as Jesus was there on the cross, the centurion, not knowing there was a prophecy, goes and it says, I'm going to break the bones of the body of Christ. Paul, four times in the New Testament, calls you and I, the church, the body of Christ. And he gets the hammer ready and he's about to break. And suddenly he notices blood flowing down. And he looks up and he sees that Jesus is dead. He turns to his commander. This is in your Bible. And he says, should I break his knees? And the commander, not knowing he was fulfilling prophecy that was written a thousand years before, said, no, don't break his knees. He's already dead. The blood's all over him. We can't break his knees. Why break his knees? There's blood on him. You're the body of Christ. There's blood all over you. And the devil has no authority to break you. You have authority to break his power over your family over your children. Some of you've got sons and daughters, brothers and sisters. They're bound to prescription drugs. The enemy's trying to kill them. I'll go home this week and I'll preach the funeral of a 26-year-old young boy that I went to visit on Christmas Eve. My wife was with me, Sharice, and we went to visit a boy uh, and, and I went. I prayed for them by myself, but my wife was there on Christmas Eve when I went before, after that. And the mother was there She goes to the church. This is an epidemic that is destroying the youth of this nation. This is when God gave me this message after I came out of that situation. I prayed for that boy and he died. I prayed and asked God to heal him and God didn't heal him. He took him. 26 years old. When I walked out of that, Sharice and I went and saw a movie 
uh, that Julia Roberts has about Ben is home. It's an amazing movie about she's a mother and she's got a son who's in addiction. It goes into the psyche of what addiction does to the whole family. It's unbelievable and it's powerful. And while I was sitting there, the Lord said, I'm going to give you a message about this. And I want you to declare that it's broken. And when you declare it, I'm going to break people free from a lifestyle of addiction that they think they can never get free from. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, you came to the wrong service today because the Bible said in Isaiah 10, the anointing destroys the yoke. It's broken. It's broken. Someone abused you sexually and the enemy thinks you have to be a slave to depression about it the rest of your life. It's broken. It's broken. Alcoholism, broken. Lies of the enemy, broken. Thoughts of suicide, broken. Hopelessness and despair, broken. Fear, broken. Lack of confidence, broken. The Lord's going to give us a thousand times more anointing. A thousand times more freedom. A thousand times more blessing on our households. A thousand times more joy. A thousand times more opportunity. A thousand times more favor. A thousand times more. And in the name of Jesus, I decree the power of the enemy is broken. Get up on your feet. In every room, get up on your feet. Clap your hands and shout, it's broken. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Listen to me. Listen to me. The key, the reason that they couldn't break Jesus is because he was covered by his blood. Whatever is covered by the blood, Satan has no authority to break. I'm here today on a divine assignment. I had to leave and go to the East Coast Friday for a meeting. And I almost said, I'm not going back out. I'll preach in Georgia. And I, I'm, not, I'm careful when I say this. The Lord checked me and said, no, you go home. You go, go home. You go to Orange County. <laughs> I might be speaking something there. Come on. You go, you, go, you, go, you go home. Home is wherever my family or my wife is, basically. Sharice is my home. If she ain't there, it ain't no home. And he said, if you'll preach this. I'm going to back it up. I'm nobody. I'm nothing. But I'm telling you, I have, I, have, I have one in me, a stronger one in me that's stronger than the strong arm that's harassing you. You don't have to be bound. You don't have to be defeated in 2019. You don't have to be broke. You don't have to be a slave to any secret private mess. It's over. It's broken. Don't you want to be free? Don't you want to be clean? Don't you want to be anointed? Don't you want to be favored by God? It's broken. It's broken. Say it. It's broken. I want to be very specific for a moment. If you know without a doubt I'm preaching to you this morning. If you know without a doubt there's an area of your life that comes to mind that you desperately need to see something broken 
in the invisible so that it can never be used against you again. If you're believing God on this fast for something to be broken and you to be free to embrace a new thing because it's coming this year. Behold, I do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. If you know I'm preaching to you, I don't care who you are. I don't care where you're from. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. The cross does not play favors to anybody. You have to come humbly. The only requirement for all God has is humility. This is your service. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you are blessed.